You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 237 of PHP Ugly. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Happy birthday, Dad. Tom Rideout. Happy birthday, John's dad. It's your dad's birthday, huh? It is. 73. Nice. Uh, I guess I wasn't supposed oh. to say that. He's 49. Edit that out. At one point. Cool. Cool. Well, see, wow. Now, uh, now I got cat issues. Tom, Tom's had cat issues all day, and now I have a cat issue. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, how have you Eric, had, what, what, what do you mean you've had cat issues all day? What does that mean? Eric and I were doing some pair programming earlier today, and my cat decided that on top of my network switch was the place to sleep today. So uh, in its sleep, it kicked out the Ethernet cable that connected all of my machines to the main network Mm -hmm. and (laughs) had to fix that a couple times. We had fun, though. Uh, Tom, you were a massive help. I I really did enjoy our little pair programming session. (laughs) And your cat inspired me as well. Uh, next week we're getting a new kitten. My wife has Aww. been uh, has been winning this kitten and has been talking to me about it, and I've been pushing back, and she finally broke me. And so next week she's picking up a new kitten. And after having a conversation with you, when we sit down as a family and try to name this thing, I'm going to toss out the name of Five, and they'll say why, and I'm like, because then it will be known as Cat Five. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Come on, Cat Five. Five. Name it Five E. Name it Six E. True. I'm I'm out of the game. I don't know. I don't know the latest stuff anymore. So Tom was a huge help. We we did we did everything through the code with me on PHP Storm. We started on Zoom, and then we decided to switch over to PHP Storm and uh, do code with me. And something interesting I saw, John. Maybe we can test this one day. Is in PHP Storm now because when we first played with Code with me, it was beta release. It wasn't official. It wasn't uh, whatever. It was beta. And when Tom hung hung up with me, well, before Tom hung up with me, I noticed that in PHP Storm, it now had a setting that said "Join a meeting." I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Was that there before? Because before I, it started a, a separate client because I went through and clicked on the link. I wonder if you can join through the client. And I meant to ask you, Thomas, did you did you join through a separate client or were you still in your PHP storm? I'll have you know, and I, I hadn't told you this yet because I wanted to save it for the show. I don't have PHP and storm installed on that machine. Oh, so you, you did the thin client then. So what happened was you sent me the link and the link said, hey, here's the thin client installer for your Mac. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and run that. And the thin client installer also included the meeting code. So once it was done installing, it just joined right into the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the experience John and I had when we were testing it before. But I think, I mean, it was giving me the impression that that wasn't needed, uh, but That was cool. And then I noticed when Tom hung up, so we were doing video and chat, which is typically I don't, we 
I don't do that through PHP Storm. Um, right. No particular reason. We just don't don't do it. But when because Tom we already pay for up, Zoom, right? When Tom hung up, I noticed that the uh, the panel that was hosting his video flipped to a splash screen of Jitsi. So Jitsi, if you're if you're not familiar, is like a open source Hangout uh, Zoom meeting thing. They have a paid version too, but it's open source. So. I saw that. I'm like, holy crap! That's how they're doing it. It's a they have little Jitsi servers back there that that's running this. That's hmm. I mean, I'm sure they hacked it together, but I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, it worked really well. I I uh, I was happy. It was cool because I gave uh, I gave Tom edit ability to to the code, and it, it was you know I, I played more with the p- features than I think I did when it was in beta, like. He would be working on the file, then I'd start following him, then I'd start working on something, and he'd start following me. And I don't know, it was and cool. They they had those features when it was in beta too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just we just really hadn't play really with played much. with them as much, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind so of it was, it, you said he helped you out a lot. Any, anything you can share, like what kind of things you were working on, or uh, I mean, I, so I'd been banging my head against the desk all day because I was trying to implement some policies. And I, I knew they were a little funky because – so this is a Laravel application, and there's a naming convention you can do so that you create you basically create a policy with the same name as your model. So you know if it's a, if it's a user model, you would have a user policy sort of thing. And I kind of knew what I was doing was a little funky, but I thought it should have been working, and uh, – I was trying. I was trying to r- r- route model binding, and that didn't. That that's what was really throwing me off. I was trying to uh, route model binding in Laravel, and it wasn't behaving <clears throat> like I thought it should be behaving. And with you know, Tom helped me figure that out. He's like, "Oh yeah, you you you're 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 binding to this model, but you're passing the parameter of another model." And it, it was kind of cool because we were like, well, you know, that model does have a, you know, these two models have relationships. I wonder if we can get to it through the relationship. And we've, we tried a couple of things and it didn't work. So we worked it out. I, I, I definitely would not have figured it out. Cause I, I was, I was caught in the cycle of, I, I had backed myself so far out that I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've done policies in the past, yeah. but, but, Maybe there's something wrong here. Like I, I must be missing something, and I couldn't even get like basic, you know, like a, 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 a die and dump working. I'm like that. Yeah, this this is wrong. Like there's something not there's something not lining up. And that's when I, I reached out it, to it, Tom. I'm like, it, it was that's that's the issue is that it was a comedy of errors where there were three sort of basic misunderstandings happening simultaneously, and trying to diagnose just one of them was getting getting us nowhere. So we yeah. had to start all the way back to the routes. And figure out why the route was 404ing when it shouldn't have been. Right. And so once we got that resolved, we we had tried to fix the permissions thing before that, but it wasn't getting us anywhere. So once we figured out that the route was resolving incorrectly, then we could start moving forward again and and undo sort of what we had tinkered around. I find that often happens when I'm trying to figure something out and I'm banging my head against the desk like you were. I end up just Mm -hmm. throwing 10 things out there like maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then I forget to undo them and kind of screw things up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you so know, what, I've what, got these I've got these two giant monitors. So when when Eric asked if I could help, I said, "Sure." And I've got eight 
Laravel documents open at once, and I'm trying to read all. Of, yeah, no, I know this stuff by heart. This is easy. Uh, that? That's not authentication. That's activation. Oh God! So we eventually figured it out. It was pretty cool. So what is route model cool. binding? Oh, so in Laravel, um, if you if you pass a variable, if you pass a variable in the URL, you can actually do a, a route model binding to it. So you can say, hey, yeah, that variable is associated to the model, you know, user, whatever that is. And then you pass it the, the variable name. So the variable name is user. You say, okay, that's that's a that's you know a route model binded to the user model. And then it just does a what, what what did you say it did Thomas like a, a first or fail? Is that what it does? Yeah, so its default configuration is is that you give it a uh, type hinted model and it does a first or fail on the ID column of that model. So, so are you passing in just the ID parameter? You're not was, passing in the model. That's that in was the route. issue one. So issue one was in right. the route. We were passing in uh, the name, the username, which it was trying to look up against the wrong column. And because route model binding happens before the controller is resolved, it'll just give you a 404 page. And if you try to debug it in the controller, you'll get nowhere. The controller never gets called. So that was issue one, where if you do, uh, if you have the name of the variable in the URL and then colon and then the name of the column it's supposed to look up on, then it'll resolve based on that column. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And Interesting. Then issue number two was was a naming convention issue where to the two models that were related to each other had very similar names that was causing us to misunderstand what model was being passed where. Right. Right. So once we got that resolved, then we could go into the blade template and say, if the user can do this, <clears throat> then show a button to allow them to do it. Um, that was that was the first time I, I used that uh, it, uh, can. Uh, uh, the Syntax, directive. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I always, I, I, I always see it like you know Jeffrey Way or something will be doing a tutorial. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. But whenever I do it, I always do the auth user. It's just like, mm-hmm. just like muscle memory, you know, it, you know, if auth user. <laughs> so interestingly enough, we I use that quite a bit now, and I also use uh, custom requests. Do you guys use custom requests at all? What do you, what do you mean? Is it a Laravel thing or no? It is a Laravel thing. Then no, I don't. <laughs> so a custom request is an extension to the normal request object that you can type hint on a controller method. And it allows you to do authentication, validation, error messages, all within that one object before you're hitting the uh, controller itself. So uh, yeah, custom requests are super cool. You can do authentication within them. Um, so you've got your is backend. It, isn't, that, not, isn't that middleware? No, it comes after the middleware. Uh, hmm. But what you can do is if you if you're using a custom request, you can have all of your rules defined in it for what fields are allowed and what fields aren't allowed and everything. And in your controller method, you can say request validated, and it will only pass you the validated values from your uh, request object. So is that custom request per route? It's not like a custom request for your application. It's it's a custom request per route. So we have, okay. uh, yeah, we have a create billing request, update billing request, delete billing request. We have one for every route, and it's it's very fun. Hmm, and so- buttery crump, yeah, buttery crumpets is saying it was his only aha moment he's had with Laravel and it definitely is like you can it's the the problem with customer requests if you don't know about them they can kind of hide 
in your uh, method declarations. You just sort of ignore the fact that they're there because they do all of their work before they get before the method gets called. They do all their work when they're um, interpreted by the uh, the autoloader. So they're sort of hiding a lot of the secrets, but it makes controller methods very clean. It removes all the validation so, and authentication from your controller methods. Yeah, this sounds a lot like, um, uh, what were they called before? F- form requests, right? Is this like a, is very this similar. like the same thing? Yeah. Uh, so that, that wouldn't be a Laravel thing then, because I'm sure it's happening in the constructor of that request object, right? The request, the custom the request, request. is a custom Laravel thing. Well, what I'm saying is the custom request is an object in all of the validations happening in the constructor, right? No, Basically. it's happening. No, it's happening on the, um, dependency injection so the, no right the, but it's happening at that point but the code is in the constructor no the code it's it's a full-on object it has authenticate validate so there, there is i'm sure there is a constructor <clears throat> that executes those things as as the base request object right I'm, I'm saying i'm saying that to say this isn't a Laravel thing because i can i can see easily can, doing yeah. that in my own routes adding this request custom request yes. object and let it also consume in the request, do its validation, and then be passed into yeah. the method. So the, the difference with the, the fact that it's Laravel is that it also ties into Laravel's authentication and permission system already. So you can do authentication, like lengthy authentication stuff uh, within the request before you get to the controller, which is handy. That's very cool, actually. I I, uh, I never took advantage of the, the form requests uh, that Laravel had, I always did it the hard way. You know, I'd throw it, throw it in the controller or something. I'm just because I'm lazy. I didn't feel like creating another file. But this, this looks even cooler. So, what would be what what would be the use case where you would use this over a form? Oh, so this this would be validating. This would be validating those fields regardless. Like if it's a like what we were working on today, where it was it was part of the URL, it was part of a Git. It would have validated right. that that name, even though a form really wasn't submitted. Right. Oh man, why haven't I been using this? It can it can do God. quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> the validated thing is one of my favorite parts. So there's a, a Laravel rule called sometimes. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered what the hell the sometimes rule was for. And it turns out that sometimes just means this field when this field exists, validate it and pass it in with the validated uh, right contents. So right. you can make sure that no one is passing in form fields that don't actually exist, and then you're just passing them straight into your model. It's a way of running a filter over all the input fields that were sent before even putting it into your model. So we actually we do auth validate, and then we get the validated data and push it straight to the model. And because it's been sanitized and validated, we know that there's no extra form fields going in. There's no, you know, it's, if they knew the model structure, they couldn't fake an input and make themselves an admin because it's filtered out by not being in the rules. So now, now I guess my, my question is flip. Why would you, or, or, or form requests, or, or yeah, are, are form requests still a thing? Or does this, does, does this completely replace that? This might have totally replaced it. That's a good question because I can't imagine. I, I now I can't think of a use case where you would use a form request over a uh, 
custom. And and Frank over in Discord is saying custom request just extends the request object. Which, by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube right now and you keep seeing Discord little messages pop up in the bottom left, you too can join us at discord.phpugly.com. Come join us, hang out, chit-chat. That's right. Yes. If you're here, we assume you know these things, but not always the case, I assume. Exactly. So I've been looking at doing request validation outside of the controller recently as well. And this this just has me thinking of different ways to do it. And the fact that Frank brought up the fact that these just extend the request makes it that that much more appealing. Because this is the, very appealing, yeah. Our, the request object that... I'm using in our application already extends the the request object, but just to add some syntactical sugar on top of it, but to do a custom one per route that can do all your validation makes a whole lot of sense. That way you know you're getting a valid request into your method. And and not just all your validation is, it won't even continue on to the method that was called if the validation fails or the authentication fails. Right. It immediately calls, if it's authentication error, it immediately calls a 401 permission. And if it's a validation error, it immediately redirects back with the error bag. Hmm. So it's... I I like that a lot. Yeah. If you look at, if you had an empty method in one of your controllers, just had a return view, but in your arguments, you had a custom request, then you can authenticate, validate, and uh, modify messages for, or modify header types or anything like that in that request. And you've got a, just a one line. Oh, thank you, Wayne. New Patreon. Wayne, new Patreon. Oh, I should have looked at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you Wayne. You updated the Patreon list. Um, so, yeah, so your controller ends up having methods that are just one, two, three lines total because oh, man, all of your, all of your logic, all your, yeah, racing. it's, it's super nice. All your business logic ends up in a business logic request. I just like the fact that it's not a Laravel specific thing, so I can use it too. Well, yeah. It is a Laravel specific thing. You can't it is this not. Implement, this implementation is. It is not. It I'm is. using it. I'm, I am yeah. claiming it. I'm using it. <laughs> I, I, I'm liking the fact that you can, like you said, limit the variables that are being posted so that you know I'm expecting these five variables. And if I get anything else, yeah. screw that person. Just kick them out. I don't mm-hmm. want that request coming in. Exactly. You know what else I like? What's that? Cloudways. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. Their platform offers you a choice of infrastructure as a service partners, such as AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environment where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right in line with their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com today. Sign up using the promo code PHPUGLY and get a $25 credit. Thanks, Cloudways. Thank you, Cloudways. Thanks, Cloudways. So what the hell were we talking about? So Frank, <laughs> so Frank in Discord was saying that uh, that form request was the old name for what is now custom request objects. Ah, thank you, Frank. Yeah, I was wondering because it sounds like the same thing, but yeah, cool, man. 
Yeah. So we had a John and I had another conversation in Discord earlier today about webhooks. We did. And I what about I massively misunderstood. (laughs) I saw webhooks and I thought websockets and immediately started down the wrong path. Yeah, they're kind of different. But you you shared a link about a webhook server and you're talking about a standalone process, a long-running process. I'm like, a webhook is nothing more than an endpoint that accepts data. Why is this? What am I missing here? It's here. Okay. It gets better. Okay. I was actively in the process of writing a webhook during this time. In my IDE, I had a webhook open that I was configuring for a new service we were using and still misunderstood what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us, man. So, just a warning. Yes, you can come to the Discord channel and we can try to help you out, but... There is no guarantee we won't drive you down the completely wrong path <laughs> just out of absent-mindedness. Oh, it's funny. So I, I don't even know if we ever ended up helping uh, Israel, uh, who was asking the question. And I don't understand where the hang-up is. Uh, he's using Zapier, or is trying to integrate with Zapier and trying to consume a webhook, but it sounds like he was tasked with creating it in a separate application, and that doesn't make any sense to me, unless all you're doing is writing an application to suck in the data from the webhook and then put it into some sort of job queue that your actual application is going to run. But if you're not doing that, if you if you really need to your core application to interact with that data, why is it not just an endpoint there? especially if you need to start dealing with authentication. I'm assuming you already have authentication in your application somehow. So then you can configure that out from Zapier, hit the endpoint, take all the webhook data in, and then decide what to do with it. I would recommend still making it a job that you deal with outside of that request, because if you take any amount of time, you can screw up that whole flow. But webhooks themselves are not that difficult to get your head wrapped around. Which Which is why I'm kind of confused that I was able to and succeeded in finding a spady package for doing webhooks. As a server. Right. Doesn't seem like that's actually useful in any way whatsoever. So I didn't I didn't click on it because we said save it for the show. What is the Laravel webhook server that you link to? So Spady slash Laravel dash webhook dash server allows you to configure and send webhooks in a Laravel app easily, has support for signing calls, retrying calls, and back off strategies. So I believe- oh, so this is for sending out of your application, not receiving. Yes, I believe that it is not only for sending, but it's for highly fault tolerant behaviors, um, the kind of thing you know, Spady does every couple days some new <laughs> highly fault-tolerant package that oh. everyone needs but didn't know they needed. So this is fascinating with the retrying and the back-off strategies because I hit, uh, like, Salesforce constantly mm-hmm. and constantly getting their 10-secondly API rate limit. You can only hit them right. so many times within a 10-second period and I have my own strategy built in where if I see that, I just reschedule the job for somewhere between 10 seconds and a minute later. Sometime. Just randomly 
so that assuming it will all average out over time and be fine, so far so good. But the fact that it's built into the product to this library looks pretty cool. Yeah, and it's and and you know back off strategies have ways of tracking how many errors have occurred and multiplying the time that it waits by that number of retries. So mm-hmm. it doesn't try every five seconds; it tries five seconds later the first time, then ten the second time, and then twenty the third time. You know, some sort of exponential handling. So right, yeah, no, leave it to Spady to make us all look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I still I mean, don't understand why why it is a quote unquote server. It seems like that's more of a uh, some sort of job handler but i think that's what it, i think it's a standalone basically queue manager gotcha sounds interesting if i were a laravel developer i might look at it um, you know i mean that's the thing is that anytime i look at a package and it's got spady in the front of it i go oh this is this is too much for the uh use case that we have and then i start reading and i'm like jesus these are all really great ideas oh man <laughs> this, this implementation is going to take three times longer now because i Thought I had it all figured out. No, turns out Spadey's got everything figured out before me. <laughs> Bastard. I thought Such that guy nice got guy a couple too. drinks. Oh, yeah. he When we were in Chicago, he ended up back at the hotel we were staying at, and we had a few drinks with him. Probably kept him out way later than we should have been, but he's a funny guy. Uh, that's Freck. Freck. Freck Vanderhurten. Yeah, he's a... Uh, He's pretty pretty fun. Pretty fun person to hang out with. Those Belgians. Yes. I don't I don't know. Is he Belgian? I don't know what he is, but he, he can drink, man. I tell you that we were oh, yeah. pounding him. <laughs> Holy crap, we were pounding him. That's right. Bucky says, Don't forget to send him a postcard. You need to send him a postcard. I saw uh you know, it, it just came out today. I haven't dove into it. I I read it off Laravel News. We have like a Laravel freaking podcast tonight, man. But we got better watch out, Mike. I know you're in Discord. That, you better watch out. That Talking, first half was Laravel. not Laravel. That first half was not it was Laravel all very Laravel. I believe we even said though you Laravel tried making it the, several times, we said even Laravel. though you tried making it. You're Laravel lucky specific, I haven't started saying Livewire yet. Livewire will be next, uh. but that's not what I'm going to talk about. Not what I'm talking about. This this caught my eye because it it got me thinking. So Laravel News the, today posted a. Uh, a package called Sidecar. We talk a lot about doing serverless stuff and and how to run PHP and in Laravel applications on serverless architecture. This actually takes a little bit of a different approach, or at least my understanding of what this package does. I haven't played with it yet, but if I'm reading this correctly, what this what this does is it allows you to have a Laravel application and allows you to kick off jobs on AWS Lambda. So let's say. Again, I haven't read the damn article. I'm sure they have examples in here. But <laughs> but if you have like a, a an image processing job, right? You know, instead of trying to do it all and, and that's all you need like that extra power for. You want to you want to offload that processing power from your from your web server and you know, let that work somewhere else and then get get it back to your web server. If I understand what this package does, this is what this allows you to do. It allows you to say, okay, send this off to, to AWS Lambda. I assume you have to write the Lambda still yourself and process this image, crunch these numbers, do whatever you need, and then get me the results back. And it's like, you know what, that is, if that's what it does, and I really should have read this article before I started talking about it, but if that's what it does, it, it just struck me as like, that's really what that serverless architecture is for. Instead of, instead of trying to throw everything at it, 
and trying to have it do everything for you. Just figure out the if you have this big because we have this uh, and with a few our of our clients where we have we have it's like scraping uh, scraping websites or something like that, and we have a couple of processes that take a lot of a lot of uh, processing power. And if we could offload that processing power to a lambda somewhere. And then just wait for the results. You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's really how how this should be. I, I need to I need to look into this again. I, I just tried reading it while you guys were talking. I, I didn't get <laughs> very far. I, I'm uh, still not get, getting the whole serverless thing. Like, I I understand it from a conceptual point of view, but if I just, already have a CPU server, de- no, it's CPU on demand, right? But he, what you're saying is, I, I I have a job server where I'm handling my jobs currently you're saying this package instead of handling it locally is going to send it somewhere else but i'm probably have cpu cycles on the server i'm already on no you wouldn't have cpu cycles on the server you're on so you know the 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 reddit hug of death uh no i don't be, used i don't be called, it. used to be called getting slash dotted where you've got a a, a site on a hmm. server that's very low power and you're used to uh 100 hits a day and then all of a sudden four million hits come in in 10 minutes, then if you had a scaling system with Lambda, your small server would start saying, oh, offload tasks to Lambda, start yeah, but processing not, these things. With- but you're not serving your website from Lambda. No. No. Your, your website may be doing some heavy mathematics every once and in that, a while. And that's the key here, right? Web servers don't need to be big honking machines, but right. you may have functionality within your website that does require some big hunky machine or, or at least you know at least sprints of of processing power so why do you go to DigitalOcean and pay three hundred dollars a month because you have this one process that runs every every hour or whenever a user makes this one request we have to do all this stuff when you can have a you know a fifty dollar a month server and then for that one process hand it off to Lambda. I mean, that's the whole purpose of Lambda, right? It, it only spins up and runs when you need it to do that one specific function, that one specific right. thing. That's now, when it does all stuff. Buttery, Buttery Crumpets is pointing out that, like, yeah, this happens, and then you get a bill from Amazon for $8,000. And that's absolutely, it's so true. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. But the idea with Lambda is that you should have your cost-benefit calculated before you start using it, you should know what you earn from having this thing run on <laughs> Lambda, and you should know that it's profitable to do it on Lambda instead of by buying a server. So, yeah, you can get a surprise really big bill, but if you've done things correctly, your profit is offsetting that really big bill. I'm not doing it correctly. No, we know. <laughs> We're not doing it at all. <laughs> Well, no, we we try, we tried. You don't serve day, a whole website. Okay, time. time out. Stop making us sound like idiots. Okay, we didn't try. We were we were checking out Laravel Vapor and seeing what it took to run it and what that base cost was. We weren't looking to replace well, a yes. server at the time. I mean, it's just it, it's it's we did we we accomplished what we were trying to accomplish. We dragged our ass pulling it off. We should have pulled it off sooner, but so that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at is that the the attentiveness to the bill that kept getting larger and larger was the trying part. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that was just cost of doing business. Now we have an idea of what it takes to, to spin up something in vapor, how much it costs, what what's the expensive parts. So when a client comes and says, why don't we run this on serverless? We can tell them why. Yeah. So we did what we were supposed to do. I mean, I get it was funny at first, but like, we're not idiots. Okay. We, it's not like we didn't know what we were doing. It's just, we were trying, we were figuring it out. I don't know. I'm still getting called microwave guy. Well, that's a different thing. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Uh, Laravel news also had a, a fun little article about a new type of relationship that isn't the one I wanted. Um, you can now add a one of many relationship in Laravel. And by okay, by I, now, I mean I as of this, this morning, because this patch went out this morning, because <laughs> that's the development cycle of Laravel. <laughs> now, we're start, now we're starting to slam Laravel. Okay, we're getting back into our comfort zone here. This is, this is good. Okay. It's, yeah, so the, the, this says it's coming to. You just didn't read the article soon enough. This was released two days ago. The article came out two days ago. Uh huh. You said it was released today. You just weren't on top of reading up on it. Well, <laughs> it was merged the same day, and then I believe Tuesday night is the basically. Patch, is it, it was merged without Tom approving it in GitHub before they merged it, and he's yes. he's bitter. Yes. Yeah, what so, what is what is what is this? I I I, I totally missed this one. It just. It just runs a, an aggregate on your query. So uh, if you if you have like ten, if you, if you have comments that a user owns on posts, mm-hmm. then you can say has many comments, uh, and then get latest of many. So it uses the created at column to get you the uh, most recent comment or oldest of many, which gets you the uh, the first comment that you wrote. Okay. So as typical, if you listen to the show long enough, you you know this is one of Tom's pet peeves. And I I have supported him on the whole Taylor decides something is a good idea and then throws in the next release of Laravel. But again, the one thing I want to point out, and I'll point it out with this, is that it's if you're not you're not using it, right? Because it wasn't there before, so your shit's not going to break. It's just there if you want to use it now. So it's not like, it's not like he's really, it's just a new vector. Yeah. Okay. But if you're not using it, it doesn't apply to you. Like if you're worried about the security, then don't use it. But it's not, it's not even, it's not even remotely necessary because there's already an aggregate (sighs) system built into eloquent and the relationship already returns a relationship object that you can just add this to. Yeah. This is, it's going to get to a point where you're stacking shit on shit and it gets too high. That's my issue is this Mm -hmm. is, this is. So let me ask this. Let's say he comes out with, with one new feature, you know, every other week, right? Which might actually be pretty accurate. I don't know. What, What would that be? That would be like 26 features a year. Would you rather the next, the next release of Laravel just have 26 new things in it you need to learn like 26 of these minor little 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 as know, opposed to having atoms? to read as opposed to having to read the release notes every Tuesday yes you don't have to read it like it doesn't apply to you you're not using it <laughs> the only the only thing you need to release like if next week he pulls this out then you want to read read that release note because you, 
It's a backwards-breaking yeah, change at that point. Or if Wednesday, it turns out that this introduced a giant security flaw because it was reviewed for all of five hours by two people and then implemented in the next patch level that also handles security patches, by the way. So if you just want to stay security patched, you have to integrate all of the new features that come in as well. And, and I, I'll I'll grant you that I, I'll grant you that 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 is that is an issue. But again, if you're not using the features, they're they're not a security. They're not as big of a security threat to you. No, that's not true because there have been plenty of rolled back new features. I think I can count four from 2000, where there was a patch and then a rollback the next hour or two or day later, where it said, "Oops, this broke all the time zones." There's been plenty of that. I don't. I, I, I I do recall that happening maybe once, but I don't think I think that that's a risk. That's a risk whenever. And think again, go back to the he released twenty six features, then something breaks. Now you gotta figure out what what new feature broke time time zones. I don't know. But I mean there's I, there's I, I kinda go both ways. Run, there's people who wanna run <laughs> bleeding edge versions and that's fine, but don't call it enterprise. <laughs> Stay okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, and I think I think you have I think you have a point there too. I think there should be a stable branch, and there should there should be a you know more bleeding ed- edge branch. I think that's well, valid yeah. as well. Or or go the I way everyone else doesn't have nightly builds. A nightly build I, is called that for a reason. Run that one. There's people who'd love <laughs> to run your nightlies for you, Taylor. They're your biggest fans. This is true. Yeah, I I do I do I do line up with you on how how arbitrary things that get in and how they're reviewed happens. I, I agree with you on that. I think Laravel is a big enough project now that in its with its open source nature in mind, there should probably be more of more eyes on it. Some formal board or group or something. But all that aside, it is an open source project. It is Taylor's project. So if this is yeah, you know, if he likes running and gunning then he can run and gun, but sure, absolutely. I agree. It's his. You can't it's, can't call it. You can't call it enterprise, and and, and it wouldn't be a horrible idea. Yeah, it wouldn't it's, be a horrible idea to to have a stable branch and but and a non stable. Okay, you you said you can you can remember maybe one time last year that this happened. I just remembered that. Last week and the week before, we were having all those conversations about Flock and that Taylor had disabled Flock by default. And I believe that was rolled back in the next version. So that's that's one week ago. But that was different, right? That wasn't a new f- that wasn't a new feature that you had to implement. That was something that had a sweeping change to the system. And <laughs> that's not a good defense. <laughs> well, I, I I think it is though. I, I, I putting this on that level, I think are, are are two different different arguments. This is something that you can you have the option of implementing. It's it's a new thing. You have the option of implementing it if you want to implement it. Oh, the flock thing never got tagged. Okay, so just just enough time out there for me to bitch about it and then have it be yanked out from under me. <laughs> Perfect. What do you mean it was never? What do you mean it was never tagged? It means he, it, never, was, it never made it to a release. T- Taylor was just trolling you. I, he just he sits up on the weekend and says, "How can I fuck with Tom this week?" I know I'm going to tell him I'm going to release something, and then there just watch been, him lose his shit. There have been mornings. I told Listen, you about the password requirements. It's not a coincidence cool. that the releases happen on Thursday and our shows on Thursday. I'm just going to I'm putting that out there. Go ahead. The, I told you about the password requirements rule where I submitted a ticket to enforce password requirements. And the response back the next day was, 
why wouldn't you use the rule that's already in the Laravel validation? And I looked it up and it had been added that morning. <laughs> so we still, we still kept my implementation because my implementation was a rule that we could use across the whole site. Whereas the version that was now in Laravel had to be individually, the rules, the same rules had to be defined on every validation. So what came out this week? Globally apply the password rules. So you think he sold your idea? Is that what you're saying? No, I think he's doing this. I think he's honestly listening to me and doing this on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you need it? I don't know. I don't get it. Because we have 20 endpoints that use passwords. Exactly. I think it's a fantastic idea. I implemented it the moment it came out. Thanks. (laughs) Should have put my name on it. I wish I had a friend that had that idea. Pull request and welcome. I thought that when I saw that come out, I'm like, this is brilliant. The developer who thought of this is obviously a well thought through developer. And I want, I thought the moment I I saw it, I want to be perfectly clear. That story about the password rule is not bullshit. I spent a day (laughs) writing a new rule that had regular expressions that validated all the things we wanted to validate, pushed it out to QA QA bounced it back immediately and said, you should have used the password validator that's already built into Laravel. It was, so wait, 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 I, I was wait. Your QA, your QA people did this? Yeah, my QA people, my, my They knew about people, it. This is, no, they didn't know about it. They, 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 they looked at mine and said, that's strange that he wouldn't use the password validation because that's got to be one of the default rules, right? And he pulled, up the, he pulled up the docs and right there in the rules is a password validation rule. And he said, yeah, you, why did you write your own reg, reg expressions? Because you, you just have the rule here, call the rule. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? I looked at that page yesterday. There's no password validation rules. And lo and behold, yeah, that morning that had been added to the documentation and the new version of Laravel that came out that morning had a new rule called password validation. Yeah, really happened. And what does the <laughs> password validation do? Uh, it enforces upper and lowercase characters, symbols, password length, uh, re- password reuse, I think, is one of the things it can make sure you don't do. Um, you know, just psychomatic complexity thing. It's just hmm. a bunch of regular expressions. I like that. Somebody put that as a title, psychomatic complexity. Cyclomatic. 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 I'm actually using that term completely wrong. Put put that yeah. put that as a title. All right. He, he is uh, using I'll, it wrong, but I understand what you're trying to say. I don't care if it's, I don't I don't even know what it means, and I'm using it as our title. It's a software metric use. Yeah. Complexity of a program. It, it, it's part of if you, I forget which is it LOC. I know it's lines of code, but there's a tool that will analyze your application and will yeah. tell you your cyclomatic complexity. And it's basically if you're doing a lot of branching, a lot of if else. So yeah, it's getting the, rid of it's, your else reduces your cyclomatic complexity. Any loops you're doing increases it. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the nesting depth of your application. How badly mm-hmm. does it nest? So it's a, it's a code smell thing. But you can use it in a regular expression, I suppose. Somehow, uh, either way. I, I thought the I thought the um, some governing body came out and said no, you shouldn't be restricting passwords, like ensuring that there's a special character or a certain yeah, number of digits. No, they're totally. What even if that did happen? They, no, you need to enforce rules like that. No, I, nah. I'm all for the reusing old password rules because the only time that I ever have to do that is when I thought I forgot my password. And then I go into the forgot password form and type in my new password 
and it says, yeah, that's your current password, dummy. <laughs> you can't use it again. Yeah, which that you shouldn't do. You should never disclose information about an account to a user that that might not be authenticated. But still, you shouldn't even know your password. You should be using a password manager. Speaking of which, yes, somebody sh- was it NS Bucky sharing that one password. No, it wasn't NS Bucky. Who shared that it was one password is now available in Linux? And Michael Dorinda had it on his Twitter feed this morning. I don't know. You told it was, me though. It, no, it was in our. It was in Discord yesterday or the day before. Oh, um, I missed it in Discord. You responded to it. <laughs> what are you what, talking what, about? What, one password. Yeah. No. Are you talking yes. about one password on Linux? Yes, it was in Discord. Oh, I, you responded to it in Discord. <laughs> yes. Once again, if paying attention could cost us money, <laughs> I'd call it AWS Lambda. Anyway, the, the, the point being that we've been using 1Password for Linux for a while, but it turns out they are officially supporting it, and the application now is so much nicer. Than oh, whatever A-Woods. They, A-Woods. Yeah. It. And you responded to it right afterwards, <laughs> saying, yeah, we've oh, been yeah, using I've that been for, using a while. It for a while. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that this was like the official supported... Okay. I totally, I totally dismissed it when he, when he, I thought he was just saying, "Hey, look, you can run one password on Linux now." I'm like, "Yeah, we've been doing that. What's that's nothing new." I didn't yeah. realize that it, it was anything different than what we were already doing. But then I, I said it again today, like Eric, it's different. It's officially supported. And you thumbs up to it at one yeah. o'clock today. That, that's what I said. I said I heard it from you, but Michael Dorinda had already posted it on his Twitter stream. That's that's exactly what I said. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, it's you not officially supported. Nice. Knowing what your application is doing when you're not around? Well, God, that'd be amazing, but I don't think that's actually practical. I hear it's a challenging, difficult thing to do. John? <laughs> Wow. You know who doesn't you know who doesn't freeze up in the face of danger? Honey Badger. Who who Honey Badger? How would Honey Badger not freeze? Honey Badger, don't give a fuck. Whereas John would prompted to do the ad read, curls up and and stares blankly at the camera. (laughs) Hides in a corner. Even after being told John, today's your day to do the honey badger piece. He still sits there quietly without <laughs> a drop to add. I but haven't... he doesn't need to add a drop. You know why? Why? Because Honey Badger's got his back. Oh. He's not worried about it because he knows Honey Badger IO is watching his application and will notify him when there's an issue. He doesn't know why there's anything to say about it. It's so simple. It's cheap. Well, I mean, if you consider free cheap. I consider that yeah. pretty cheap, yeah. Inexpensive, not cheap. Low cost. Inexpensive, Low cost, inexpensive. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there's Honey Badger is happens, just happens. I mean, we're talking about it now because we're so excited about it, but it just happens to also be a sponsor of the show, and we may have some sort of commitment to talk about him. But we would still talk about him. We do like Honey Badger. We do. We do like Honey Badger. And I talked to a lot of people uh, this week who like Honey Badger. I was doing some DevOps interviews, and... Uh, Honey Badger is, is definitely on their on their list. Look at this. Look at how look at how wonderful this is. Just their status page, and even that is beautiful. I'm just clicking randomly so th- on the, uh, the website here. But thank you, thank you, Honey Badger, for for sponsoring us. Thank we you very much, it. Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Uh, I swear to God, if if you sponsor us for another month, we'll make we'll make uh, John do a pre-record a, a spot for you. <laughs> I have I, I haven't I seen him lock the up other like spots. that since he smoked weed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's funny because it's true. Professional, oh, the good old, the good, the good old days. Professional meetup presenter, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he does for a living. Oh, oh my goodness! My. Uh, you know, one one password also has a command line interface. I keep trying to trying to remember remember it, but I I Don't never see why I'd never want use that. it. I'm doing more and more in the command line. Matter of fact. You should be following Michael Dorenda if you're not. He's been doing a lot more Vim posting with uh, IntelliSense. Yes. No, and, I definitely, uh, yeah, definitely unfollowed You want to get on board. That. So I told you earlier we, we pair programmed, and I had to fire up PHP Storm to run code with me. So we initially started in Zoom, and I you know, I was I was in the midst of, of coding when we, we did that. And so I had my... Um, my Vim open, and I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, this is a good use case for PHP Storm. <laughs> so I I fired up PHP Storm and did the did the code with me, but yes. uh, and then I yeah. couldn't un- I couldn't undo on the document while I was typing because none of my buttons worked. <laughs> so I need wait, to, you're, I need you're, you're locked you, into man. Vim mode? No, if, he wasn't locked into Vim mode. Oh no, he he's messing with no. you. So. I was confused. No, it's this it's this Mac thing. I was on my Mac and it has the uh the control and the Windows key swapped. Hmm. And because I'm using Barrier for my screen sharing, I'm going between Windows machine and Apple back and forth, back and forth, and I keep like accidentally <laughs> locking my Windows machine or like you, know you can remap those, right? So if, the if key to want. remapping it is that you have to physically plug a keyboard because Barrier is a virtual keyboard, which OSX doesn't recognize as a real keyboard. So oh, interesting. To do the remapping, you have to physically plug in a different keyboard and then do I, the I, remapping I and then unplug it, and it'll keep it after that. I don't think that's correct, though. I, I mean, it might be. I, I don't know. Well, let, so did did were you trying to remap in Mac? Because Mac has yeah. a thing that says, hey, yeah. when I hit the control button, uh, the control key do this right and because it's, barrier it's in is the a keyboard virtual, settings right it is but because barrier is a virtual keyboard it maps it to a keyboard that doesn't exist hmm. I'm not, uh, it, it, it maps i'm not it, sure why that would matter but it's, it's weird I, it looked it up it's a known it's issue not my it's not, it's not my problem it's your problem yeah so i don't care if well, no, you the code that- in php and you like laravel you definitely want to follow michael dorinda on uh on Twitter and encourage him to tweet more about them. Yes. I, uh, I, I was sharing, I was sharing with him today. I have a, I have a Vim domain called, uh, uh, just use Vim bitch.com. And, uh, for years I had just redirected it to, um, just Vim.org. And, uh, a couple of weeks ago I redirected it to the primogens, uh, twitch.tv channel. If you, that's another guy. If you like Vim or if you're interested in Vim, you want to watch the Primogen on uh, Twitch. I think he has a YouTube channel too. He's his YouTube channel is actually really good because on Twitch, he's just working, he's coding or whatever. But on YouTube, he does like little segments on using Vim. Not only Vim, he, other command line tools. If only um, there was a way really to cool. share URLs to these things with the audience. And me. Well, I mean, I don't know how to. I guess I could type it in because it redirects, so I can't. Here, I can type it in here. I guess here, uh, just do HTTPS. Uh, just use. Uh, is it just use? Are just use Vim? Bitch. 
I think that's what it is. Actually, I don't remember it now. Let me see if that works. Nope, it's uh, that's not it. It's uh, use vim bitch. Shit, I forgot what it was now. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> what the hell was that URL again? I forget. Oh, I gotta look it up. I'm not. I'm gonna look it up. It, now. It's it's not HTTPS. It's use vimbitch.com. No HTTPS. Oh, it's just H- HTTP. HTTP yeah. colon. Wow, if you would have shared that, that would have been awesome. It's just use vimbitch. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Dot com. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and it now redirects to the Primogen's site. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've held on to that. I've been paying for that domain for like 20 years, and I've never used it for anything. But that's true of like I'm, 90% of your domains. Yeah, that's all of my domains. Oh, yeah. It, it's my domains, right? 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 Because I, I, I can't log into Namecheap and see like 50 domains you own. Is that right? <laughs> All mine right? make okay, all mine me. make mo- all my all mine make money. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like when you makes to, money for name cheap. You're to pick a, if you're trying to pick a name for your kids and you like don't want to just throw the name out, you know maybe like when he's twelve he'll want the, he'll want to use that name that was cooler that you thought of. So you just keep it around. That's right. I am a hoarder. I am a domain hoarder. I need to get rid of. Of domains, I've got way too many of them. I, I, I'm still, I still have like Wave PHP, which is the which is the PHP conference we had, and then we were playing around with names. So I have Surf PHP. I have, I don't know, I, I've got so many freaking PHP domains. I need to cut loose, but it's like one of those things. Like, which they're like, they're like, uh, they're like trading cards. You're like, you know, one day this is going to have value. I'm sure of it. I'm just gonna hold on to it. It's worth until the you forget, today. Until you, you don't renew it because you rely on your stupid hosting company to renew it for you and they don't. And you've oh had the domain for 15 years and then you lose it and then all of a sudden it's up for auction for 20 grand. I'm like, nobody's going to pay 20 grand for that domain. <laughs> I've had it for that long and it's not a good domain. Just give me my domain back. Nope. Well, nobody's going to buy see, it. Now, I, think, I think Eric might have stumbled across a valid use for NFTs here where it's literally just a trading card. I totally didn't mean to do that, but okay. Uh, we uh, got listed in PHP Annotated again. I'm starting to get kind of jaded oh. where like our podcast gets listed in these big publications. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're You missed a couple episodes, but that's about, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> but they covered some of the new, uh, new RFCs. That are coming in eight one. Okay, some interesting stuff. I, I don't. I don't do. Uh, I don't do internals anymore. Those guys are. Those guys. You know, <laughs> don't. They, they go directly to my spam folder now. Got voted <laughs> off the island. They want thirty five hundred for my domain. I'm still on that because I'm are you jaded serious? And I'm pissed off about it. Give me my domain. Okay, back. so I'm going to put something out there. John and I have been business partners for a couple of weeks now. And I've been, I've always used Hover for my domains. He's used Namecheap. To his credit, it is, it is true to his name. It is cheaper than Hover is. But we have so many problems with freaking Namecheap mm-hmm. in the domains he's hosting where just what he said, it'll, he'll have it set up for auto renew. And I, I know this because we've been, we have been business partners for about eight years now. I know this because. We'll have some key domains that Nine, we use that I know we, you know, I know we've never had a problem with having it renewed, and all of a sudden one year it just stops working, and it's because fucking Namecheap decided not to auto renew it that year. So I'm, I'm, ga- I'm game to switch it all over to Hover. It's just 
such a pain in the ass. So yeah, you know, you know, my methodology for picking domain hosting site is that whichever one I can think of when I'm very drunk, because that's also how I pick domain names. <laughs> that's how you remember stuff. But, but then no, how I you just, remember where they're where you got them at? Or you, uh, you just I usually like, I'm going to go to this registrar and then that registrar and. Usually, I've got about ten calls in the morning from India and Asian Pacific Island and uh, all of these places offering to build websites for me because I forget to check the box that says anonymize my information. So yeah, I get the phone call that says, "Hey, we noticed that you got bought a new domain name. Do you need a web developer?" And the the, the domain is like you know higherphpdevelopers.net, and I'm like, obviously, I fucking don't. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have a new pattern now. So I I moved from San Diego and I've had my phone number from uh, San Diego for a long, long time. Uh, it's an 858 number. And my technique now is if I ever receive a phone call from an 858 number, it's spam. If, mm-hmm. I, receive, if I receive a phone call from 7119, which is Colorado Springs, <clears throat> it's real. Because mm-hmm. they would have to randomly guess that 719 is the thing I care about for me, uh, to, that's, for me to... That's a damn good point. So what you do, because... Your area code doesn't matter when you get a phone. So get a phone with a random area code that's not your real area code. And when you get calls to your from your actual area code, answer those. Don't answer any others. I actually do have that because I got my phone number via Google Voice when I was in Florida. It happens to be a California number, but it also spells out my name. Oh. Wait, your your Google Voice your Google Voice number is a California number? Yeah, it's LA. It's 818. Oh, okay. It's LA. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. LA or, or Orange County. I don't know where it's at, but it just happened to be a California number. Yeah. And that was also when uh, John's name was Slickmaster. <laughs> so, so if you're looking for it, 818 Slickmaster is taken. <laughs> oh, oh, I man. like my, my look, Michael Durandal. He's, he's, He's my buddy. I'm I'm gonna have to go register that one. You might not need phpstorm.com. I like that. So so <laughs> because I because that's gonna make you so much a, money. I posted a list of uh, some of the domains I own in Discord, and some of the more interesting ones I own spotty.us. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that 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 came from that drunk night with yes. Freck in Chicago. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna first I, I remember I went back up to my hotel room, I'm like I was gonna press this party out US and type, type it in. It redirects to him. And then I also purchased phparc.com because when we first started doing the PHP Arch Architect yeah. uh, podcast, PHP they, Arch they, is right. Yeah. Right. They like it. They they liked us to say PHP Arch. And I kept saying PHP Arc. So I went ahead and bought phparc.com and redirected redirect it to PHP Architect. With an affiliate code, right? I do things right? like this. Yeah, you With are, you are yeah. the domain Thanks. name asshole everyone worries about when they're like, okay, I'm going to tell you guys this idea, idea. I had. <laughs> But but again with Wave PHP, I ended up purchasing SoCal PHP, Surf PHP. Uh, all that was for for this conference we were going to have in Southern California, which we did have, and I thought it was a fantastic uh, success, with the minor exception of not a lot of people bought tickets. But it was still one of the best conferences. PHP that conferences that, out there. that fourth one down, I think I bought, not you, Elephant. Oh Chat. really? Oh, it's I in, had this didn't hover. Yeah, I I have access to Hover. I'm pretty sure because I own that domain that uh, Twitter handle because I had this grand idea years ago that you just gonna oh, spit you? out 
Yeah. <laughs> you were, were going to spin off PHP Ugly without me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just call it Elephant Chat. Cool. No. Wait, I like that you wait, have... St- story of a girl anxiety under control while helping her... Wait, do, do I need to know something about you, John? I have no, no clue what you're talking about. I think you may not oh, have no, a Twitter I, handle. Never mind. Oh, oh, oh I... I I didn't do the PHP in it. I did. I just did elephant chat. I didn't do the PHP. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. Mine was my my Twitter one is elephant tips, not elephant chat. So maybe you did that. That that might be the that might be the porn version of uh, what I was doing. Uh, elephant <laughs> yeah, tips. All right, all right. <laughs> You've also got the dyslexic programmer, which is obviously one of the easiest to spell and the least problematic of all of the ones for someone who has dyslexia. <laughs> I can't. You you, you would ha, you have no idea how many times I put that through spell check before I registered it. <laughs> I have a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, like I was saying, there's stuff coming down the pipe for eight one stuff that's been approved. It's coming out. You should be aware of it. Uh, the first big one that I put on the list here is deprecation for the serializable interface. Uh, it was decided at some point sh- that- share a browser. You're sharing a browser. It was or you're sharing. Decided at some point that us? the serializable interface is broken, and that the serialized and unserialized magic methods should be implemented as a default pla- uh, part of the standard object. So now, if you're using serializable and not using the serialized and unserialized methods, it will throw a deprecation notice. Um, and this sort of starts off the trend of <laughs> you're still sharing your browser. <laughs> yes. This starts off the trend of uh, deprecations that could cause major problems for people. And also the first reference I've seen to PHP 9 in an RFC. Uh, well, that's, that's what I like about the, the way PHP is handling things now is they are actually deprecating before removing. So deprecation mm-hmm. notices aren't bad. It's like yeah. your, your application will continue to run yeah. and then you'll that. start get, yeah, now you'll start getting notices that, hey, you might want to change this before you try upgrading because it will break. So one of the big ones here is added a uh, return type declarations for internal methods. Uh, so there were there was a big sweep where a lot of internal methods got return type declarations, uh, but a lot of stuff didn't get covered because it had strange issues, uh, you know, needle haystack, haystack needle type stuff. So this will start, uh, so the, the, the biggest issue that they had was if you extend or if you override a default uh, method, an internal method, then you have to match the type to the one that's defined in the internal method. This will now start throwing deprecation notices if you don't type your overrides of internal methods to the same as the internal method. Um, This is something that... It's again, deprecations aren't going to cause problems. They're just going to cause little notices. But when 9.0 comes out and these deprecations become fatal errors, a lot of projects out there that have been sort of poorly or barely maintained are going to have problems. Uh, I can think namely of WordPress, which this would probably just murder in its sleep. Oh, so this isn't functions. This is if you're if you're trying to extend like the date time class. That's where the issues are. Right. Because you Which, can't over, you can't override the base functions of haystack, like the array map function. Right, right. But you can redefine okay. <clears throat> the functionality, which older frameworks when you're extending a class, work. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this ties into the namespaces in bundled PHP extensions ticket 
that I really enjoyed. There's a lot of bundled in stuff that added methods, um, such as well, let's let's see if I can find the correct good example here. Uh, open SSL certificate becomes open SSL slash certificate. So now you can, with all these included uh, extensions that you can get, you can namespace them correctly so you don't have these giant one, you know, 40 character methods in your code all the time. So OpenSSL underscore DH underscore compute underscore key becomes DH compute key in the OpenSSL namespace. Hmm, makes uh, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Should have been done a long time ago. Um, and it's gives it gives some nice cleanliness to... Uh, code it's just a little modernization change um and yeah 37 to 1 vote on passing that one so i bet it was ben ramsey that was the dissenter right i was say i know that feeling i know that feeling don't <laughs> Derek. It, it shouldn't feel bad uh-oh oh god did we just see uh, it you broke just... it you just god damn it thomas thomas is <sighs> oh god thomas is breaking php.net this is awesome sarah sarah you're around tell somebody to reboot the server that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Derek Rathens. That's mm-hmm. what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. We I are, what his, scroll down to the sponsors. Oh. Scroll down to the sponsors. The creator of what, XDebug. Yeah. I wonder what his reasoning was for dissenting. Do you see a Diego Dev no. logo in there? Do you, do you see a Diego Dev logo? Yep, there, there, it, there is. it is. Yay! Diego Dev is a sponsor of them. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, I can see why Derek uh, was a dissenter, because it does make XDebug... <laughs> It does add more work for him in maintaining Xdebug to have to remap all of the extensions that he'd already mapped. <laughs> I bet it doesn't. You don't have to remap them, though, do you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm well, assuming be, it's going to be backwards compatible. No, but because he has to handle all cases in Xdebug, then he'd have to add new mappings for namespaced or not namespaced. Right. So, yeah, like uh, ZTSD compress becomes ZTSD slash compress. Um, it's you know there's there's a lot of stuff in the existing practice that's just dirty and gross and ugly so cleans up the a lot of stuff. The crypto ones will be nice, that's for sure. Yes, crypto stuff is going to be nice. So finally, for me at least, we have uh, some news from our lovely friend Bruce Shiner that there was an executive order signed to improve the nation's cybersecurity. Did you guys read any of this stuff? Negative ghost. No, I did not. Well. Let's go to Patreons first, and then we'll talk about it. Thank you, Patreons. Thank you to all of our Patreons. Thank you to Cloudways and Honey Badger. We've got patrons. Patrons. Damn it. I did it. My I started it. My fault. Uh, thank you to our new patron, Kevin Hurt. Kevin Y. We got two more in there too. I didn't put the new ones together. So I, so I use because I use Vim. I was able to randomize the the list that you do a nice little scroll now. And we're not so worried about uh, hurting Buttery's uh, ego. But I added Wayne, who who just uh, signed up uh, at the beginning of the show. And I don't know how you pronounce that one. Eno. Eno? 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 Eno has been active in Discord. Yeah, tell us how to pronounce that in Discord, because we need to know that. So yeah, thank and you. Uh, John, John has the list of uh of reward members so hopefully things will be going out uh, sometime I just, early 2022 I just, I just have to find the stickers he's he says i have them but i don't have stickers uh-oh okay we'll we'll figure it out i know i, know I had them shipped to your house but yeah we'll, we can ship more anyways uh yeah your executive order you want to talk about that because i had one more thing i wanted to talk about too 
<laughs> but we just lost Blubbery. <laughs> we <laughs> we knew and, we and had to call him. And he, and he doesn't get the notoriety on the stream because we're on the wrong scene. Sorry, mm. buddy. Yeah. Sorry. We, we we'll love suppress you. Him. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to suppress him. You are muted, You're muted Thomas. Thomas. You know, maybe we shouldn't let him no. know that. Maybe we should <laughs> know for a while. <laughs> you're, not, you're not muted now. We heard that. Oh, shit. <laughs> this applies a, a self-certification process to companies that the federal government buys software from. Uh, and you might think self-certification is kind of BS or doesn't really get you a whole lot. The issue here is that if you self-certify and say, I'm following all these rules, things are things are great, everything's perfect security-wise, and it turns out that it's not, then you get blacklisted from the federal purchase list. So you'll just get removed from what the government is allowed to buy. So self-certification in this case actually does work quite well. Um, and you might not realize it, but there are a number of industries that self-certify and it, it's worked fine for them. Uh, the ESRB, the Video Game Rating Board, is an industry self-certification system. Uh, the MPAA is an industry self-certification system. It's not actually tied to the government in any way. So self-certification can get you what you want. Uh, and it takes expense away from the process. So there's a new set of cybersecurity standards as far as password strength, cryptographic strength, uh, things like that, uh, frequency of testing, you know, data storage technology, encryption, things like that. So this is going to give us, hopefully, sec- more secure software in general. Um, and if you didn't know, this comes in response to the pipeline being uh, hijacked in America and a bunch of people in the southern states trying to put gasoline in plastic bags, which it turns out are made from <laughs> gasoline. So only did only did see one fire that was a direct cause of it, though. And it was a Humvee, so there was no real big loss there. Hey, put the oh. uh, put put the put the Patreons back up. Put the Patreons up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll 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 talk about this last thing. So, do you guys? This is not related to the Patreons, but I figure this is a better screen than than our faces. So, just keep that scrolling. So, do you guys think IRC is dead? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, if you if, if you weren't aware, FreeNode had a freaking breakdown and i guess i guess what's free a company so free node was like the irc server to go to so i irc itself is never dead right it's, it's open source it'll always be there uh it's it's never yeah, so it's not going it. anywhere that's true <laughs> <laughs> but if you went to any irc or if you went to an IRC channel, there was a good chance it was a popular one. It was on the Freednote servers. And this was a completely volunteer ran group. This should sound very familiar, people, because we're all PHP developers and all this PHP internal people are volunteers. And somehow some company weaseled its way in and quote unquote purchased Freenode. I'm still not clear how that happened, but then they decided, okay, we're Freenode is not going to be free anymore. We, we want to, we're going to want to make some money off it. It just started like a lot of the volunteers. They just started letting the volunteers go, and uh, it was a lot crazy. of them quit. Yeah, I heard I, that I, it was like oh, a mass yep. exodus because it was a lot of open source developers who had issues with the new owner, who is uh, the CEO uh, slash founder of. Private Internet Access, PIA, which I do use. What What is that? It's a VPN 
software. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and this is not one. something I've like. This is something that that scratches my head every time I'm just falling asleep. But this mm-hmm. prevalence of VPN providers that's popping up right now and how how they're pushing their product is fascinating because it's happening at the same time as the mass SSL adoption or the mass HTTPS certificate adoption. So now the things that are advertised, almost no sites run without security certificate or without uh, <laughs> encryption. So, <laughs> so the VPN brings nothing to the table for website right. browsing. It, it brings a little well, bit of anonymity as far as people, the providers aren't getting your IP address at the end of the day. The, the providers mm-hmm. aren't, but... The advertisers that use footprinting still are, and third-party right. cookies still are. So it's if the site doesn't care about your privacy, which, no surprise here, sites don't care about your privacy, then VPNs don't provide you <clears throat> anything on that front. And if, if it is an HTTPS site... They don't get anything beyond the domain name that you hit. Right. They don't know. They don't know the what pages you hit. They don't know any of the data you submitted. They don't know anything but the domain name, and only the first time you hit it, I believe. So no, every every time. Don't believe so. Uh, I guess since you're hitting the IP directly, yeah, it, they they can still tell it. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the VPNs now that they're less effective than they ever were before have become a huge product that's because of all the hacks that are happening and people are like i need to protect my data right and the misunderstanding of what these hacks are and how people get malware and what it does and what third-party cookies do we actually we actually have a new client that i mean i've been talking to them for years and i've done some ssl work for them on some of their application for free up until this past week and they have one of their clients their main website is http not behind a SSL certificate and one of their clients put up a VPN and now can't access their quote unquote builder. And I go in and I start digging around and I'm like, I can easily put a load balancer in front of this with their wildcard certificate. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. I do that. And, but they're loading assets from all over the place. Some like I've, some libraries, websites that are HTTP, their own, they have a, their own bucket being uh, delivering content, but it's HTTP only via S3. Oof. So for me to to put everything behind an SSL certificate, it takes a lot of work. And I'm trying to explain this to them. And then I start digging a little bit more. I'm like, oh, wait, your server's still running PHP 5.3. You might want to address this. <laughs> oh, look, there's a .bak folder on here. Do you have any sort of deployment process? <laughs> like I got so many questions now. <laughs> Why is there a lock file on index.php? Is someone currently editing index.php on production? <laughs> oh, fun. All right. That's it. Let's stop making fun of, of, uh, of clients now. We we're going to have to roll. They, they don't listen. Thing. In this, no, a I, lot of people. I, I got. I have one more thing to talk about real quick because since Thomas brought up the whole phone number thing, have you guys heard of Stir Shaken? No. So <laughs> Stir Shaken so, having stroke, call ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually the new thing in telecommunications, where it's almost like an SSL certificate for phone calls. So okay. now the newest thing is people making phone calls. You can set your caller ID to basically whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Now you have to be able to prove that you have the right to use that caller ID to get a, a certain score. 
So if you can prove that I am this company and I own this phone number and I can make calls from it, you get like an SSL certificate that's almost like an extended validation certificate. And I'm glossing over all the details. It's very generic. But if you if you have that proof, you get the extended validation. Yes. And then there's I... the next level down where you you get some sort of attestation saying, I'm allowed to use this, but there's no guarantee that you really own that number. And it turns out your carrier, like Google Fi or AT&T, Sprint, uses these third-party companies to give every phone call a score to whether it's spam or it gets through to you. So this is now going to play a huge role in that scoring of your phone calls. And then on top of that, as these things are being signed, you can also start to add in more data to your phone call. I am calling from Diego Dev. Here's my logo and here's what I'm calling about. So in the future on your phone, you're you're not just going to see the phone number, but you're going to see my logo pop up and why I'm calling you. Well, let's be clear. In the future, my phone will have a phone number. It's fascinating. This okay, you're you're talking about and, and, you're, you're talking about way in the future. I'm talking about it's due and, like and this, in a month. This is on this is on the FCC website. Yeah. So this is something that's in in production now. This is something that's been rolled out. Yeah. Deadline for carriers to adopt it is I think June 30th. So they're all scrambling. Twilio is yep, still June 30th is trying desperately to get all of their ducks in a row to offer to make it all work. Yes. It, all it, you it have really to do is a, is a whole fascinating thing. Provide a copy of your thing. car's extended warranty. <laughs> 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 this is cool. Yeah. It just it played into Thomas's comment about area codes because it's so easy now to buy area codes and every company is doing it. They're calling somebody in an eight five eight area code, so they have an eight five eight number to make it look like it's a local number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honest so- to God, all I want is a SIM card with data only, not with a fo- without a phone number. Just give me that. Yeah, I mean, you can get that. Get an iPad. You can get that. I yeah. mean, my, my iPad has a SIM card in it. There's no there's no phone. I mean, there might be a phone number attached to it, but there's no way. I, at least I, I don't know if there's any way to call it or give that I can to me at a discount. That's what I want. Why Why are we paying for telephone networks to exist when everyone has? Because of government. Oh, yeah. Government. That's right. You guys are you guys it's time to it's time to cut you guys off. You guys are getting all poo-poo. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> that's gonna be it. We're done. I just I'm wanted done. to share I'm something done. interesting. Done. Can't tolerate you guys. This, if you can believe it, was episode 237 of PHP Ugly. Thank you for long. listening. Thank you for being there. Thanks to our three new Patreons. Patreons Patrons. on Patreon. Thank you for all of the people who support us on Patreon, we appreciate it immensely. Even if even if you don't support us on Patreon, thank you for listening to us ramble. Thanks for hanging out with us in Discord. I I, I do enjoy it. That's going to be it for the show this week. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it up. Happy Keep birthday, up. Dad. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like 
this cause the people love me Shouts out to PHP, the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living? Web applications, okay, I can dig it My words spray tight, uh They getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely let's go yeah come on